It's been six years of podcasting, and without our sponsors, we wouldn't be able to bring these podcasts to you. So I want to thank today's sponsors. And first off, we have the Pretentious Pickle Company of 190 Water Street in Plymouth. Uh, If you haven't had a chance to get down there, uh, go down and check out what they make. They have everything pickled you can imagine from uh, pickled beets to carrots to mushrooms to onions to Brussels sprouts and cauliflower. They even have pickled um, uh, or pickled flavor cotton candy, I should say. They make it fresh there every day, and you can go in there and check out what they have to offer. And if you're not in the Plymouth area, you can go to pretentiouspickle.com and check out what they have to offer there as well, and they will ship it out to you. Their stuff is delicious. You should check it out. And uh, they are big fans of ours, and we are big fans of theirs. So thank you to the Pretentious Pickle Company for sponsoring today's episode. And our second sponsor today is Moonrise Cinemas. Moonrise Cinemas is a new drive-in in Plymouth. Uh, right on the Plymouth-Kingston line. They're located at 428 Court Street in Plymouth, Mass. And they offer a great selection of movies. You can go. It's very family-friendly. I went and checked out The Goonies there. They've had Marvel movies, a wide variety of stuff. And they're really starting to expand. They have had uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. This coming year, they're doing music on thursday nights on wednesdays are going to be 420 friendly events so make sure you check out what they have to offer uh, moonrisecinemas.com it's a great venue they have a beer garden they have uh their own food their food's phenomenal and they're bringing back their french toast which i'm very excited about uh, so make sure you check out what they have to offer, moonrisecinemas.com. And if you use in code INEBRIART when purchasing tickets, you'll get 10% off. So make sure you go to moonrisecinemas.com to get your tickets for movies, concerts, and more. And use code INEBRIART for 10% off on your purchase. And now let's jump right into the podcast. Welcome back, Inebriates. This is Andy of the Inebriate Podcast. Um, I remember, you know, let's jump on the Wayback Machine when I was a kid in high school, one of the hottest shows on for all, like, the artsy, you know, edgy kids was Twin Peaks. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it has gone away. It's still, you know, it was came back in, like, 2017. And uh, today we're joined by one of the actors from the 2017 Twin Peaks, uh, James Grixoni. I got that right? Yeah, it was Together. perfect. The, right. Yeah, the last the last interview I was in, the guy was really sweet, but he didn't say the X, and so he's like James Grigoni, and I was like, whatever you whatever you want it to be. I'm so I'm so bad with names. Like I met someone today, and oh sure, I can fucking remember her name now, Sierra. But like within ten minutes, I was like, I have no idea what this girl's name is, and it's just like names hit me and instantly disappear. I don't know what it is. Um, I do this. But, I do the. I do the South Park thing where I'm like, "Hey, buddy. Oh hey, yeah, pal. Oh. yeah. All <laughs> good the good time. See you, friend. Yeah, yeah. Because we run yeah. a lot of events here in Plymouth, and it's like people will remember me, and I won't ever remember meeting them. And yeah. they'd be like, "Andy, how's it going?" I'd be like, "Great. 
pal, buddy, friend, how how are you? And like just trying to like you're trying to like coax a little detail out of like where do they work or who do they know? Like how do I know this person? And yeah, it's a game. It's yeah. a game in itself. Yeah. Um so you you uh you, I mean you've been on Twin Peaks, you've been on a ton of stuff. Um last year you had uh Potato Dreams in America come out. Yeah. Um, so like, I mean, you're a young dude. Like, how, how, I feel like you're in it. Like, are you, what kind of projects are you looking to work on? Like, yeah. What's next. Um, dude, that's a cool question. And thanks for that compliment, too. It's really nice. Um, you know, I kind of came into this industry sort of just dreaming big. And I mean, you're a creative guy, too. So, you know what it's like. It's like you kind of just, you know, put, put your hands over your eyes and take a shot in the dark. Oh, for sure. Hopefully, you know, something lands and that's what you do every day, you know, as an actor or as a creative. And so, yeah, it was um, really just, it's all happenstance. It's all, it's all luck. And I think it's about like, that's how it was with Twin Peaks. I wasn't even going to go to the audition. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I was just like, ah, oh, man, I don't even know what this is for. Uh, but I went and then it ultimately kind of changed everything. And um, I've been really lucky as an actor Cause I am, I'm 33. I've never, I've never went to LA. I never pursued it down there because I think it's, it's who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of, I, I like to think of myself as a deep guy and I know that LA is synonymous with being very plasticky. Yeah. Uh, and I've been down there to visit and I've been down there to work, but like Seattle remains my home. Uh, Pacific Northwest is just very romantic up here. And I just, I always love it. Uh but with that being said, is there's a huge indie film scene up here. And so I got onto Twin Peaks and then all of a sudden, all these really amazing, talented people who were filmmakers, um, even musicians, they kind of sought me out. And as an actor, too, is like when people start to seek you out, that's the ultimate compliment. Uh, you know, because when you're doing the whole like, hey, I'm a dancer for you. Please love me. Please <laughs> yeah. love me. You know, you don't have to do that. You can have this confidence and you can have more of a collaborative state of mind. Yeah. And that's that's really what happened with uh, Potato Dreams of America is Wes Hurley uh, growing up in Russia was a huge fan of Twin Peaks. And so, you know, that entertainment got him through some really difficult times. Yeah. And so for, for me to sit down as a representative for David Lynch and the work that he has done of Twin Peaks and to you know, sort of meet a fan that has become a filmmaker and sit across from a table of someone like that. It's really humbling, really exciting and a great uh, mixture of energy. And so, yeah, like I'm just opening myself up constantly to new things. Um, and then I've got a couple of really amazing projects in the works. That's cool. You know, I, 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 I feel that, uh, you know, when we started this podcast, I mean, we didn't, we had no idea what we we're doing. Um, my producer never edited, uh, edited audio before we had like a $60 mic, which wasn't great quality, but it turns out we weren't even using it. Right. So it was more us than the mic. Um, yeah. and we would just bring on our friends, you know, like artists and musician friends we had locally. And, and then it goes from, you know, to acquaintances, to friends of a friends, and then people you kind of know to people you heard about. And it's that weird change where like suddenly you're getting PR requests from people and you're like, Oh shit. I know, I know who that person is. And you know. yeah, well, and, and yo, you know, we both know Clint Morris and um, he's my, he's my PR and my manager. 
Yeah. And he, he's like, talk about, talk about the universe kind of giving you the things you need and like being open to it is he was a big fan of Twin Peaks too. And I remember before the pandemic, uh, he pitched this thing to me where he was like, Hey, I would, I'd be willing to promote you uh, for your, your project. And I was like, my, my man, I may be on Twin Peaks, but I'm not a rich artist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm a struggling. Yeah. And, um, and basically I was like, I kind of was like, I have kind of a entrepreneurial sort of a perspective. Sounds like you do as well as I was, I offered, I was like, can I do work for you? Can I work for you? And, and, and in, in, in return, can you just kind of help me out? Yeah. And dude, that was like, that was like two, two and a half years ago, almost three years ago. And now he and I are, you know, my cat, I just had to put my cat down and he was one of the first oh, people I reached sorry. out to. And, oh yeah. It was hard. Yeah. Man. And, um, it still is for my lady, but, uh, Clint was one of those people I reached out to and like, you know, he's, he's consoling me and like, he's kind of giving me advice. And so that relationship that stemmed from originally being on Twin Peaks has become a really awesome, awesome friendship. And I get to meet people like you. And so, you know, it's, it's really exciting. And I, I've said it before on the show and that's, that's, one of my favorite things about podcasting and I never, never even thought it. I don't want to say thought it was a possibility. I just didn't even, it wasn't even a thing to think about was how many, you know, strangers come in and friends leave. And then like, um, I became good friends with, a uh, he, he, he was brought to me as a musician by a PR agent. And now he's working PR, uh, for a record company in London. And he sends, you know, a lot of acts my way. And he's like, Oh, you know, you got to come hang out in London and, and, you know, we'll hook you up and we'll get you to, you know, the, it's this cool, um, bar that started a record label. So they're like, Oh, we'll, you know, get you some drinks at the bar and hang out. And, and I'm like, Hell I'm, yeah, I'm there as soon as, you know, the plague is over. But yeah. Right. I mean, and that's the same with me is I'm supposed to go shoot a film. I'm supposed to go shoot a gangster film in the UK, Oh, which nice. like, yeah, dude, growing up and watching like Snatch and Lock, Stock, Two Smoking Barrels and, and those kinds of oh, movies. Oh, yeah. You know, like that, that was like my age. I was, you know, a teenager watching those. And I remember being like, yo, if I could ever do that for a living, that would be pretty cool. And now I'm like starting to set it up. And yeah, this pandemic's pretty much really, hey, I'm going to use the word. It's really fucked a lot of shit up. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, at the end of the day, it just seems kind of like, what are you doing? You know, how, how are you showing up to this disaster? And uh, I think doing things like this is like just amazing. You know, yeah. I can connect, I can connect with you. You're on the other side of the country on my phone and we can have conversations like this. And so it's, it's, it's like, I don't want this to happen, but it happened. And right. so how am I, how am I going to, uh, you know, ultimately adapt to it? And it's one of those things is you can see the people who, like us are proactive and continuing to find ways to work. Uh, you know, I mentioned I accidentally ended up in doing comedy shows mm -hmm. and it's because a comic friend of mine who'd been on the podcast ways back now, I reached out to him because I was bored in lockdown. I'm like, I can't sit here and do nothing. And I'm like, Hey, have you heard about these virtual shows? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, let's do one. And now we can do them in public. And so now we have like, I don't know, like four monthly shows and you know, that's it's, crazy. It's dude. weird. Like I didn't mean <laughs> to do it. It just happened. And, um, yeah. but it, it is that trying to find ways to be creative and stay sharp. And, you know, all the comics were like, you know, the virtual shows kind of suck, but in the same aspect, you're still, still working. You're, you're just making stuff. Yeah. 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 
And and I did a podcast with Clint too over the pandemic. And again, I've been like, I've been really, I don't even know, man. I'm just, I'm a I'm a poor kid with ADHD that you know got C's in school. I uh, and so I'm meeting all these these famous people, and I every one of them says the same thing after I, I talk to them and I kind of get into their heads, and um, every one of them, and it's amazing. They all say, "Create for creation's sake, and relinquish expectation." Yeah, and so that's kind of like how I want to meditate through this whole process. Is like it doesn't matter, man. Like just make something, and I know so many artists too. That like I kind of want to take him out in the back and just be like, just fucking make it. Like stop overthinking it so much. Just yeah. birth something. And so I think what you are doing, it is proactive, and it's it's kind of the it's like the right thing you should be doing. It, it, you know, and I think part of that comes from the ability to, you know, like I said, we started on a sixty dollar mic. We didn't know what we we're doing. If we go back now, we're like, woof, the sound is terrible. Um, but we weren't looking for perfection. You know, we weren't, it was more about, you know, to me, the, the most, the thing that grows you the most is the, the struggle of doing it, you know? Yeah. And so I think you learn more from that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Not even necessarily painful. Like it doesn't have to be painful as such. Like just the, 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 the practice of not getting it right. I feel like you learn more from not doing it right opposed to doing it right the first time. Oh yeah. Yeah. I kind of falling on your ass a bit. Yeah. Like, oh I'm not gonna yeah. do that again. Yeah. <laughs> how do you how um, do you incorporate like those kind of lessons into acting? Like do you kind of like like when you're done a a, a take, can you immediately be like, whoa, that was not where can we do that again? I don't I feel like um Usually when I'm on set and the camera is on me, like it is, it's almost like a meditation. I don't actually, funny enough, I don't even have that many regrets in regards to like performance work. Um, Cause I got like a theater background too. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like um, you learn that, you know, you're going to go on stage, man. You ain't going to be able to like mess this up and be like, Hey, can we stop and start over again? Uh, so like, you have to like give it 110%, but then ultimately all the fuck ups that I've ever done have been leading up to the final project. And so I've had auditions, man, that they, they end horribly. Like, I mean, horribly. One time I auditioned for Jake Gyllenhaal's dad and okay. I was so in- I, he was he was shooting a movie in Seattle and I was so scared, man. I was, cause I was like, this is a, this is a big guy's name. And, I was like, I want to make a joke where I want to say something in this scene that he'll remember me. And um, it was like a stoner comedy. And I ended up uh, making a, a broke back mountain joke. Uh, completely, <laughs> okay. completely innocent. Completely just because I was like, I needed to improvise and say something for him to remember me. Well, this joke didn't fly. This joke just crash landed into shit. And um, <laughs> Uh, I remember the casting director's mouth was open. Jake Gyllenhaal's dad was completely straight faced. And he was like, the only thing he said was no more Brokeback Mountain references. And so something <laughs> like, you know, something like that, that's a major F up. But, um, you know, you learn, you learn that like, hey, maybe, maybe don't do this. Or, you know, if you're going to improvise, do something that's a little more appropriate 
or, you know, like, like I showed up early to the, the, the call today. And it's just one of those things. It's like, you learn when you're late that, you know, people get pissed off or it's just, it's just the process of growth really, you know, yeah. we all, like you were saying, we all mess up, but it's just about continuing to move forward. And boy, howdy, I've, I've messed up a few times. <laughs> um, you just threw me when you said boy howdy there's a podcaster i listen to she says that all the time that must be like a west coast thing boy howdy (laughs) (laughs) um so when you're when projects come your way are you like how particular are you about the the project i mean you know you're a working actor so at some point you got to pay the bills so i'm sure Mm -hmm. that sometimes you're like well you know may not be what i want to do but it's paying but like do you really try to find a specific type of project i think you know you gotta take what you get um and the older i get again i'm 33 and um the hustle itself i find is a a bit more exhausting also with the way technology is evolved where it's like like you were saying is like I gotta have a TikTok, an instagram i gotta be my i gotta represent myself what is my brand funny enough isn't that weird that we live in an age of infinite expression and connectivity to anyone around the world. And the first thing we think of is how can I brand myself? <laughs> yeah. Like get the yeah. fuck out of here. Yeah. Like just make things. But um, no, I don't, you know, I'd say probably one of the coolest things is getting more lead roles or more centered characters. And, you know, then working with somebody like West for Potato Dreams, uh, without going into the detail of you know my character and whatnot, is you know as as more and more as I get older, I want to explore different facets of psychology, uh, different lives of people. That's kind of why we act. Is it's about putting ourselves into the you know shoes of somebody else and experiencing that. And if you can get lessons from it, all the better. And so for something like with what West shared with me for Potato Dreams. Uh, it was probably one of the most learning experiences, one of the most terrifying experiences, and one of the most grateful experiences I've ever had. Yeah. Uh, just because it's it is it's like my portfolio now as an actor and as an artist is basically like I've got such a gamut of characters that I've portrayed, and so it's just really humbling to uh, whoever the hell wants to work with me. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that you said scary because. I mean, me and my business partner, um, you know, we always kind of, you know, we suffer from severe uh, imposter syndrome where we're like, oh, we didn't do that. And they're like, yeah, you did. We're like, I mean, we did it, but like, yeah, sure. Um, You know, we always say that we uh, bumblefuck our way through business. And it's this kind of, people will bring us ideas or, you know, throw us, you know, like, hey, how about you go talk to this person? And we're like, I mean, sure. And we just say, yes, doesn't matter what the proposal is. Yeah, sure. Let's do that. And then like, as we're walking away, be like, all right, so what do we need to learn to do this? All right. Who's going to learn how to edit video and who's going to learn to edit audio and, you know, who's going to hunt down contacts for, you know, this, you know, venue or whatever it is that we're working on. And it's just, we say yes. And we just kind of do it regardless of, you know, whether you're scared to do it or not. And it kind of makes you less afraid of the next thing that comes down the pike. If that yeah. makes any sense. Cause you're kind of like, I mean, we struggled through that other thing. So how hard can this thing be? You know, and it's worked, I guess. Yo, that's a, 
I think that's like an awesome observation. And I think too, you know, I kind of, I came from like a, a divorced upbringing and, yeah. you know, so, so as I kept growing up and these things that were supposed to be very foundational for me kind of kept eroding out from under my feet. And I remember, I actually remember I was probably in my mid teens at the time, mid to late teens where I was just like, damn shit is always going to hit the fan. Yeah. I'm going to, you know what I'm going to do, man? I'm just going to stick my head out, smile and take a big old load to the face and just keep moving forward. I don't give a shit. And it's like, and you know, I get imposter syndrome. I'm having imposter syndrome sitting here with you right now, just talking, but there's this idea also in my head where it's just like, yeah, but you have moved forward so many times to now you have this opportunity to sit here and talk with somebody like this. Yeah. And so, you know, no matter how much imposter syndrome or whatever's going on, I'm just kind of like, I still have the physical vessel to like keep <laughs> moving forward, just right. keep moving forward. And so, yeah, and you learn all these things too, you know, because I never knew how to edit. I never knew how to do graphic design work. And as the technologies get easier, the more you can kind of just adapt and express whatever you want to express. And there's apps for everything. <laughs> Dude, I got so many apps. I got about 50 creative apps on my phone. I don't even have social media on it. I just use my phone just for making stuff. Yeah, I uh, we just hit, yeah. got hit by a blizzard, and um, <clears throat> I, I work part time at a uh, craft beer store. And nice. my boss is like, "Hey, can you take you know some some funny selfies, uh, you know, to <laughs> say you know let people know we're open?" So it's me standing out by like this friggin' giant um, uh, snowbank, and I like uh, used an app and I cut out like Luke and Han with the tauntaun and posted it like behind me and. amazing what you can do with your cell phone it's just yeah and i'm a fingers guy too so i like being able to touch something and drag it versus having a mouse like oh yeah yeah, yeah. 10 years ago you had to you know do it all on a laptop or a desktop so it's a lot easier so what is it that like what skills are you learning through all this you mentioned graph design that you were like oh i didn't know as an actor i was going to learn whatever yeah you know, I mean, some, it's, you know, like the Keanu Reeves learned tactical gunfighting and whatever, but like, have you yeah. picked up any, yeah. you know, skills? Um, I learned tactical gunfighting just on my own. No, um, <laughs> I just wanted to. Yeah. Uh, nah, man, when you grew up in, when I grew up in theater, uh, I did a lot of period pieces. And so I would have to go, and this, I love that. Man. Just like I was in cabaret. So I spent all my time studying World War II, Nazi propaganda. Um, I had to be a Nazi. So I had to find a way to agree with people who committed the worst atrocities to mankind. But the craziest part was that I found that thread. Yeah. Same, thing with being, same thing with being a hippie. I played a hippie in a show one time and I had to study about counterculture. I had to study about... Uh, what was going on in the 60s and the 70s geopolitically for that to rise up. And it's interesting because I studied all of that. And then I found that there seems to be a very cyclical form to our society because these old things kind of keep coming back up in our contemporary world. So I'm able to look at things different. And then um, with, I guess, to uh, more as an individual as well as like I've studied how to do business with people. I, I've become more extroverted, more charismatic in the way I talk, yeah. um, you know, and trying to relate to people. You crack me up because you were like, I work at a beer store. And funny enough, 
you look just like one of my friends who works at a beer store over here. Yeah, the, the beard is legally it's required to work in the craft it's beer industry. <laughs> yeah. That's a thing. I, I, I jumped on a Zoom call like over the pandemic, and there was like me and like two other bearded guys, and this guy jumps in and goes, is this a craft beer meeting or a civil war reenactment group? <laughs> <laughs> That's so we're like, great. Fuck you. That was accurate. That hurts. <laughs> uh, right. See, I just, I would quietly just end the yeah. call. Yeah. Um, no, cause I worked as a bartender. I worked as a bartender throughout my twenties. And oh, nice. uh, you, I was going to say, it's like also being an actor, you have to go get another job and bartending was my other job. And, you know, the way I got into twin peaks was I didn't know what I was auditioning for. And, they just interviewed me with no script and they were like, well, what do you do? And I was like, I'm a bartender. Well, what do you like about being a bartender? And I said what I've always thought. And that was as a bartender, you learn that everybody's basically the same. Yeah. We all want it. We all want to be listened to. We all want to have a good time and we all want to have a good drink. And I think that's what they like because they asked no more questions. They sent me on my way. And then a couple of weeks later, I got a call and was like, Hey, you're on the show. No, oh, that's so, funny. Yeah, everything leads into something else. And, yeah, you know. Oh yeah. yeah. Our other um so it, it's interesting. I have, you know, growing up I was an artist. I went to art school. I played musical instruments, I was in theater. I was very much comfortable on stage. Not comfortable talking to people. Mm -hmm. Um but on stage just fine. And then as an adult, I, you know, started my own business and you know, I I got into the craft beer industry and working kind of, you know, with alongside them and whatnot and now you know you have to have like a personality working you know behind the stick and our one of our other podcasts is called bar talk and it's all bar and restaurant people like hanging out and, and talking trading more stories and answering questions and it, oh it's, hell yeah dude you know it's it's you're right you they're bartenders are unique people yeah <laughs> they're they're a different kind of crazy yeah, it, it's uh, this weird kind of like I'm going to deal with people. Some I really like, a lot of them I disdain, but somehow I really like this job. It's it's weird. Like, yeah. You know. Oh, dude, man, I'd make a I'd make a whole like I made a whole personification from when I was a bartender. Um, I, like I've lived on the East Coast in Philly, and I just remember I came home and I was bartending, and on those those shitty days that you just don't want to perform. I'd always just, I'd go up to people like, Hey, how you doing? My name is James. I'm going to be a bartender today. And, uh, you <laughs> so know, kind of like work like, on, on roll, like roles. Yeah. Like, yeah. You just, yeah. You just kind of, you find a way around it. And, um, dude, yeah, it was so much fun being a bartender until it wasn't. Yeah. And then, and yeah. And then I feel like I actually left the bartending industry at the perfect time. I left it a year before the pandemic hit. Oof, yeah. And yeah. And I don't, you know, I feel bad for a lot of restaurants these days, but I had my fun, man. You know, I, yeah, I flirted a lot. I made a lot of money. Um, and I got really hammered a lot. <laughs> I, just, I just feel like you can't really carry some of that behavior into the future. Otherwise you're yeah. going to die at 40 or what have you, but I'm really lucky, man. Yeah. I've had a great time. That's awesome, man. Uh, I know yeah. you have a hard out, so uh, this is going to be a bit of a short one, but where can people go to find you on social medias, find out what you're working on, all that yeah, know, promotional sure. stuff? Uh, yeah, let me hey, let me talk about myself even more. Uh, <laughs> what do we do on this show? I, uh, it is what we do. Dude, I want to hear your bartending uh, podcast, though, because that shit would crack me up. Um, basically, 
for the uh, for the film Potato Dreams, I am actually hold on one second. I'm just gonna find it real quick. Okay, cool. Yeah, so for uh, Potato Dreams, we currently have are playing in eight cities. We're in Los Angeles, New York, Seattle, Philly, New Orleans, Houston, Miami, and San Francisco. Um, and we're just basically this film is just kind of crushing it all around the country. And then in uh, the next month, HBO is going to pick it up in nice. Europe. Yeah. And um, basically, like, you know, I was on Twin Peaks and that's like a big bomb of an experience, like hugely successful. And then to be on an indie film that you kind of go into thinking like, oh, this will be all right. And then for it to get the, the attention that it's gotten thus far, it's theatrical release, HBO all this amazing stuff. Um, John Waters said he loved it. Whoopi Goldberg said she loved it. Like, oh, that's these awesome. people. Yeah, it's really like, again, it feels like a dream, but um, it's just my disassociation. I, uh, in my, my uh, uh, what is that? The, uh, I'm not worthy complex. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, yeah, Whoopi so Goldberg cool. watched a movie you were in. Like, <laughs> right there, I'd be yeah. like, I'm done. I can't yeah. even. I don't, I don't need to do anything else anymore. <laughs> um, and then honestly, too, like, you know, I social media and me, it's a love-hate relationship. I'm trying to get off, stay off a bit more and more these days. Uh, but if you want, you can always, I always post some goofy stuff. Uh, you can find me on uh, Greg Sony is my Instagram. Zen Bartender is my other business. Uh, it's private bartending. Oh, no kidding. Um, it's, yeah, no shit, dude. It's, yeah. yeah, and that's, that's a fun, lucrative little side hustle. Uh, but I got Instagram for both. And then, um, you know, just, just keep an eye on IMDb and just I'll pop up here and there and I just hope to see you guys again. And uh, I really do appreciate like, man, this, I just love having conversations like this. So, Oh yeah, sure. This uh, was a super yeah, short one. Like you, you got to come back on when you have more time and we can like, Oh dude, I would love to man. Create some, create some bar war stories and you know, yes. Oh, I have. Yeah. I could sit here for hours and talk to you about bar stories. So, so little, little known thing. Everyone thinks about people think about Plymouth. They think of Plymouth rock and pilgrims. What yeah. they don't know is it is a huge foodie and bar place. Oh, nice. There, there's two two streets, uh, Main Street and Water Street. And between those two streets, there is at least 40 bars and restaurants. Dude. And it's, yeah. I mean. Uh, and yet it's New England. That's like New England food, too. Oh, I, well, there's a French restaurant. We got a new Thai restaurant. Um, we have a Caribbean restaurant. We have a Baja nice. California taco place. You can pretty much get everything, you know. That's great, man. Oh, and see, that's the, I'm trying to come up with a, a, a show like that called Zen Bartender, where I go to bars, talk to the owners, like kind of have this whole Anthony Bourdain style. So, yeah, yeah. dude, like, yeah, like let's collaborate in the future. Like, let's keep in touch. Oh, for sure. Because the uh, once this ends, I'll, I'll give you a couple things to check out that we're that we're doing because uh, we have a YouTube show. But um, okay. But yeah, so I just want to say thank you for uh, coming on and so we can get you off yeah, on time. My and um, I want our listeners to, if you're in those areas, I'm not, you go check out his movie or get a VPN and go watch it on HBO when it's been released. However, you want to hack into that. Um, Hell yeah. And, uh, you know, keep following you, man. That's awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank, thank you, man. man. I can't wait till we link back up again. All right. Awesome. And to our listeners, we'll catch you guys again next week. Cool. And thanks for checking out the show today, listeners. Uh, if you enjoyed the content today, you can go over to patreon.com slash to support the show. You can join over there 
for just a few dollars a month and help us provide this fun content that you just checked out. You can also email us at inebriart.com with your questions, complaints, and concerns, or you can find us on all social medias at inebriart or at inebriart6 on Instagram. And also don't forget to check out our other shows, Bar Talk Podcast, Old Colony Cast, Inebriart, and all the other shows on the Inebriart Network, which you can find at inebriart.com. Thanks again for listening.